Our reading this evening is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And that could be the theme for everything Paul has said so far in 2 Corinthians. He's trying to explain why he seems to be behaving in a way that they regard as kind of out of his mind, beside himself. They think he's acting very strange, strange in the way he is speaking so plainly to them, strange in the way that he has rebuked them and called them from their sin, strange in his actions toward them. Remember that incident about how he said he was going to come and then he didn't come? Did he change his mind? Is he untrustworthy? He's acting strange. Well, he explains it in this way. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This was something that they once knew, those Corinthians, when the gospel came to them. They believed it as foolishness in the eyes of the world. They heard the message of the cross. Jesus died for them to forgive their sins, and they knew 
that it wouldn't stand in the world, but that it was true. They knew that it sounded like folly to those around them, but they believed it. But there's a sense in which maybe over time this newness wore off. And they began to think that this new life that they were living, well, it was kind of like the old life that they had once lived. We can see that in a lot of the things Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians. There they were returning to some of their old ways, biting and devouring each other, taking each other to court, committing sexual immorality, doing all kinds of things that they should not have done, things that belonged to their former way of life. It was as though they had forgotten that they were a new creation in Christ Jesus or that the newness of it had sort of worn off and they began to think that Christ was like us and that the life of Christ is like the life of this world. Paul wants to put all of that to rest. It is, in fact, nothing like the life of this world. To be in Christ is to be a new creation. It is to look at this earthly home, your own flesh, and to see it waste in a way, but not to see the end of you, but instead a person who is being made new, an eternal dwelling place prepared for you in the heavens. To groan with longing to put off this mortal flesh, this sinful, weak, and dying flesh, and to look for immortality and glory in Christ. That's what life in Christ looks like. So Paul instructs the Corinthians today to remember that you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't look at things the way you used to. Can't you look at things on the outward appearance of them and make your judgments on the basis of what you see with your eyes? He's working against those false teachers among the Corinthians who say, well, would you look at Paul? He gets thrown in jail. He seems weak when he's here. He writes you these forceful letters, but in his own personality, he doesn't seem to be very strong. Why would you trust in that guy? Paul says, don't believe them. Outward appearances are not everything. Now, you know that to be true in a very superficial way. You know it's a truism, again, that you cannot judge a book by its cover. Not all that glitters is gold. You know that's true, but Paul's talking about it in an even deeper way. He's not just talking about physical appearance or clothes or what you can see with your physical eyes. Instead, he's talking about the whole person of the flesh. So even the richest, wealthiest, healthiest, best-looking person there is is made of this stuff that is fading away that will one day be laid into the grave. Flesh is weak and sinful, and it dies, and it rots and decays. That is what Paul is talking about in terms of outward appearances. Don't judge based on those outward appearances. You're dwelling in an earthly home. He's talking about your flesh. You're dwelling in an earthly home that can be destroyed. Paul says, no, we should not look on what's on the outside. Instead, we regard no one according to the flesh. That is not only based on what we see with our eyes, we don't judge them that way, but we also don't even judge people based on what we know about their flesh. Paul says, we used to think about Christ that way. You look at Jesus on the cross and what do you see? A miserable, outcast, dying man with no hope in this world. That's what you would see if you judge according to the flesh. But according to the Spirit, what do you see? A victor and a king enthroned, reigning for you. That's what you see according to the Spirit. We no longer, Paul says, judge anyone according to the flesh. And that's the lesson for us tonight. To learn, like Paul, not to judge according to the flesh. That's what it means. 
to live as a new creation. It is to see the world and people in an entirely new way. There are two ways that we might be tempted to judge according to the flesh. The first one is a little bit less obvious than the second, so I'll start there. One of the ways that we might judge according to the flesh is judging someone according to my flesh. That is to say, to judge another person based on what they can or cannot do for me, living for myself and not for the other. Judging what someone is good for or what their value is, what they're worth, based on how they affect me, what I want, what I desire. That is to judge according to my flesh. Paul says, we've set that aside. No longer living for ourselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. When you see people around you, they are not put there for your own use, but they are put there for the glory of God. If you judge them according to the flesh, you wonder what they can do for you, how they will benefit you, and if they don't, then you set them aside. But if you judge them according to Christ, then you see someone for whom Christ was willing to lay down his life. That is to judge a person entirely in a different way. Not according to my flesh, but according to the crucified and risen flesh of Christ. Christ who counted them worthy of his own life. The second way that you might judge someone according to the flesh is not according to your own flesh, but according to theirs, what you see in them. Paul says what you see in other people doesn't matter because Christ died for all. And since Christ died for all, therefore all have died. So what you see in other people is flesh that has been crucified in Christ. Christ has been buried for all flesh. And so what you see in other people is not someone who is wasting away, but somebody who is waiting to be saved by Jesus. Someone who could be waiting for the resurrection on the last day to be raised in glory, incorruptible and perfect and holy. That is every last person you meet in this life. According to Christ, according to the Spirit, their flesh is redeemed. It is set aside for glory if only they would believe, if only they would hear the gospel, if only they would take it to heart. And so even those who are non-Christians, those who are unbelievers, those who are outside of the church, you should think of them primarily as candidates for salvation, people who will be saved if the message is preached and they believe. Though they are wasting away, God wants to renew them. He wants to set their flesh aright. And so do not judge them according to their flesh, but instead judge them according to Christ. For you are a new creation. All who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were buried with him so that they can be raised with him. You are a new creation. Now, Paul has already described this new way of seeing and behaving, and it is perplexing to the Corinthians. They can't endure it. It's just like Jesus. He speaks to the detractors all around him, the Pharisees and the scribes and the priests. He speaks in a way that drives them mad. I think the best example of this is the way Jesus talks about money. He acts as though money doesn't matter one bit. And all of the people around him who are lovers of money, they can't take it. Who would talk that way about money? Who would talk this way about flesh? Isn't flesh all that we've got? Isn't this flesh, isn't this life all that you have? No, Paul says. You have life in Christ. You are new creations. All of this is because God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That reconciliation is key. The reason 
that the flesh is the way it is is because it is at enmity with God. It has been separated from its source of life. And so God sent his son into the world to reconcile the world. In fact, notice how Paul describes this reconciliation. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That is to say, Jesus became in the flesh all of the things that we were in the flesh. Sinful and dying and weak. There upon the cross, Jesus became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. He became what we were in the flesh so that we could become as he is according to the Spirit. This great exchange, this beautiful reconciliation, Christ setting things right between us and God so that we no longer have to fear, so we no longer have to worry about creation wasting away, our own flesh wasting away, but instead we get to live as those who are going to live forever in perfection. There are all kinds of people at Paul's time in the town of Corinth and in the world around him who are despisers of this message. They can't stand it. It puts a wrench in all of their plans. It stops people from making their way in this world. It's not the way you're supposed to play this game. Paul is there with a message that is better than anything this world has to offer. Instead, he kind of suggests that you have a retort available for anyone who would despise this message. And that is to look at how things go according to the flesh. If you live your life according to the flesh, and if you die according to the flesh, what does that gain you? What do all the rich and the wealthy and the healthy and the beautiful have to show for it in the end? Not one thing. But for those who are in Christ, what do they have to show in the end? Christ's own resurrected flesh and blood. They have it now. You have it now. Never to die again, to live eternally with him, to be raised and placed on high in his kingdom, to live with your God, your Savior, forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.